thank you for tonight. We thank you that you are here because when two or more gathered, you're there with us. And so we just acknowledge you in a tangible way right now. We thank you that um, it's easy just to theorize your presence, you know, but you are actually here. You're here tangibly. Uh, you're here uh, to minister to us tonight. You're here to speak to us tonight. You're here to uh, enlighten our eyes and renew our minds and uh, perform signs and wonders because that's who you are. You're an amazing father. You're an amazing savior, deliverer, healer, uh, provider. Uh, you are all that we actually need. You are our source. And so we just take a moment just to connect to you, just to Huh, just step into you and uh, just reshift our orientation <laughs> to that place where we are seated in the heavenly places in you and we're seated far above powers and principalities and rulers of darkness. Lord, I thank you that we um, we have the exact same spirit that raised Jesus up from the dead. We are filled to overflow with your indwelling spirit. We thank you that Holy Spirit is a, is a, he's real and he's here and he's in us and he's with us and he's upon us. And we just, uh, we just acknowledge that right now. You said to acknowledge you in all of our ways and that you would direct our paths. So we're just acknowledging you. We're acknowledging your presence. We're acknowledging what you've done. We're just going to acknowledge all of the realities of uh, Christ uh, in us and for us. And we just thank you that you're directing our paths tonight. We just thank you that this is your uh, idea. These Sunday nights are your idea and you're bringing those, Father, that um, you're wanting to speak to. And so we just hand over the agenda to you. And we say, use tonight. Uh, I yield my mind. I yield my body. I yield my thoughts. Lord, I just allow you to, to infiltrate every perspective and every uh, aspect of what goes on here tonight. Uh, just speak through me and uh, use me tonight. And uh, we thank you for freedom. We thank you for freedom. We just release freedom in this place tonight. And we give you glory for all of it. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, uh, I think I'll kick off with a few announcements just to kind of get those out of the way. Uh, so Heath, I don't know if you've got those cute. I didn't give you a warning, but awesome. Well, we're still, um, uh, doing the inner circle. That's the monthly partnership program. If you're not a part of that, you can head on over to Shalise.com and check that out. I know we've got people signing up every week, so I'm super thankful and super excited about what God's doing with our partnership program. Uh, that's good. Yeah, I also wanted to go ahead and get you to mark your calendars for the next webinar, which is July 20th. Uh, that's going to be at 6.30, and uh, that'll also have a replay. So if you can't do the webinar live, you can still sign up and then watch it afterwards. Uh, but I'm really excited about this topic. This is a, a topic that really... I really feel like July, coming into July, is just a really, something that's really big on the Father's heart. I'm calling it spending your inheritance, uh, but what, what it's really about is about experiencing everything that is ours in Christ. Uh, it's not, you know, first of all, you gotta know what's ours in Christ. But, but secondly, it's about actually experiencing and spending it. What good is it if you have this inheritance that you don't actually ever access? 
you know? <laughs> so it's really going to be about tapping into to the fullness of what has been provided to us through the, the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus. And I'll tell you what, it's a rich inheritance. It's an incredible inheritance. It's an unbelievable inheritance, which is one of the reasons why we don't experience it. Because it is so good, it is just by nature almost unbelievable. But it's time. It's time for us to step into that and really take hold, lay hold, it says, of, a, of eternal life. So that's July 20th. And you can sign up. We'll be sending out um, the link for that sign-up is not directly on the website, I don't think yet. We need to add that on the events page. Rachel, there's a... Check out that events page. You'll see what I'm talking about. So, all right. The next one is Emerge. Yay! So, Campus Program is going to... This is still the old slide. I forgot to give you the new one, Heath. Dang it. Um, the reason it's the old slide is because we have early bird registered. The wrong date is there. It's July 15th. Um, but it's going to come up quick. So um, if you are at all interested in the Emerge Campus program, it is in time to get in and reserve your seat. We've already had some registrations come in, and I'm so pumped. I'm actually teaching the program this year. Uh, last year I did not teach the program. We had um, a director of the school that taught the program, but um, I'm actually going to be leading it this year, which... I don't know how many years I'm going to do that. So uh, I'm writing the instructor's manual. I finished the curriculum up last year. And so this year I'm writing the, the actual instructor's manual. And uh, But I am going to be leading it. I'm super pumped about it. And it, it is really, it will, tra- it, I can't say enough things about Emerge. It's 40 lessons. You answer five questions that are probably the five most important questions you'll ever ask in your life. The first one is, who is God? The second question is, who am I? The third question is, why am I here? The fourth question is, where am I headed? The fifth question is, how do I get there? And it's pretty cool because even though we might think we know the answers to those questions, Emerge always takes you into this whole new realm of experiencing God, seeing yourself really as you are in heaven, and starting to get introduced to this incredibly powerful, full of potential, perfectly loved person that God created you to be. And then from that revelation of who God is and who you are, stepping into the very reason that you're on the planet. And I'll tell you from someone who, you know, I was in my 30s on a therapist couch when I had this epiphany. And I I had grown up in church. I, I grew up in a very traditional Baptist background. I'd heard the salvation message for as long as I could remember. Totally believed in Jesus, but really did not really believe in his church. <laughs> I didn't really um, like Christians, and honestly, didn't didn't was didn't really know God in the sense that I knew about God. I'd heard the gospel, but I had a lot a lot of misconceptions about God was in a real big uh, transitional kind of just really messy time in my life and I was in therapy at the time and I tell people I was sitting on this therapist couch and I know it was the Lord I didn't know it was the Lord necessarily then but I had this epiphany and I just remember it was the most weird like twilight zone experience where I just kind of it's like I woke up on the couch and I was sitting on this couch and I realized that I was living I wasn't living my life it's like I was living a movie playing the leading role, but it was the wrong script and it was the wrong character. And it was everything about my life was just like, oh, it was just the weirdest, most incredible, crazy, weird feeling. 
And I had no idea what to do about it. I mean, I didn't know anyone that walked in the supernatural. I didn't know anyone that had a better relationship with God than I did, honestly, um, or a different type of relationship with God than I did. And I really didn't know anybody. When I woke up to that, I kind of realized that most people were living the exact same way. So I also didn't even know where to go to try to fix the problem, right? So for the next, you know, that was probably late 20s, 30. For the next, now it's almost been 20 years, it's been this journey in my own life to really discover those exact same things that now I'm helping other people discover. And through the process, just really discovering a God that is incomprehensibly good and has a plan for our lives that is completely impossible. (laughs) And, um, you know, then learning that, you know, walking it out to really learn how to depend upon him and trust him to see the incredible things that he has for our lives actually manifest. And so I, it's really a, it's really, I call it like my opus. I mean, emerges, it's just this jam packed program with incredible revelation and encounters. Every lesson is an encounter. And I'm just talking about it because it's, it just, if you aren't, if you aren't that familiar with it, I want you to know about it. But it's just 40 encounters with God, pretty much, that will transform your life. We've got graduates here tonight that if you're a grad, you can raise your hand, talk to people about it. Because I'm not just pumping it up. It really does all that and more. So sign up. I really am excited about leading it this fall. And I'm excited about who God's going to draw. So tell your friends about it, too. If if you know someone that would be interested in that, um, tell them. Because it's... It's going to be awesome. And then sign up if you haven't already. I know it's going to be a jam-packed house. So please, please, please sign up if you haven't for the John Crowder weekend. And if you've never heard John Crowder, I, t- I-, I can tell you right now, you are missing out. You, have, you are missing out on an incredible revelation of the joy of Jesus and how much fun the gospel really is and how much we've been working for stuff that is already ours. I mean, you will do, it, he just, he just roots up that religion out of your life. I mean, he come, he is straight up after the spirit of religion. And, uh, if he, if it's, if it's, if you're operating in it, 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 you might even, you might be offended before you get over it, but you will get over it because he is an incredible, uh, communicator, an incredible theologian wrapped up in this crazy fun box of, joy and absurdity and it's like the Monty Python of Christianity. I mean it just he's in, he just makes you laugh. He's just awesome. So sign up, check it out, 21st through the 23rd, uh, and you will register at his website, the newmystics.com forward slash fun. So make sure you have register for that if you haven't. Is that it? All right. Well let's jump into the word tonight. Let's see. Uh, you know I am I've got a little meditation project that I've been working on that um, I think we may just start there tonight uh, because it is just so incredibly powerful, but also, um, what am I trying to say? It's upside down from the way that we, that we operate a lot of times, okay? The, the, the scripture is Mark eleven twenty four. And uh, it's 
the scripture says this, therefore I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. Okay, I'm going to read it again. Therefore I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. So I took some time and wrote that scripture out on a four by six card for myself. I even wrote one out for Brian. Um, because the breakthroughs that we are believing for, the breakthroughs that honestly are bigger, we, they may, they may seem like our breakthrough, but your breakthrough is never just for you. You know, uh, your breakthrough is for others as well. Uh, but, but the point is, is there, th- there is a way, <laughs> there is a way that seems right to a man, <laughs> but the end thereof is death. But, the, the, but po- the point is there is a way of thinking that we by default think, that we, we operate in that is not the way that God thinks. God talks different than we talk. He sees different than we talk or than we see. And he, he behaves different. Uh, then we behave. Uh, and I, hold on, let me get to this one scripture here um, that we can just follow along just to kind of go around this point. In Isaiah 55, verse 8, here's what he says. He says, my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways your ways my ways, declares the Lord. He says, as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. As the rain and snow come down from heaven and don't return to it without watering the earth, making it bud and flourish so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater, so is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. All right, now I'm going to go back to um, Mark 11:24 because he's saying that his ways are not our ways, his thoughts are not our thoughts, that when he speaks, his words are fruitful. His words produce a harvest. Now, here in Mark 11:24 it says, "Therefore I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it." And it will be yours. Okay, I'm going to do a little bit of a demonstration. So, um, being what? Well, Brian, why don't you just come up here? Come up here and sit real, real quick. I'm going to do a demonstration. Okay, Brian. Mm-hmm. This is my hubby. In case you don't know. All right, Brian. So, I won't embarrass you. So normally, okay. Normally, if I, you know, if, if, if Brian is believing God for a cell phone, right? He doesn't have to say this is the cell phone he's believing God for, right? Right now, Brian does not have the cell phone. And so he'll say, I don't have the cell phone, but I'm believing for the cell phone, right? Right? Now, this scripture says that whatever you desire, whatever you want, when you ask for it in prayer, believed you've received it, and you will have it. All right? So there is a step in between. So if Brian asked me, so ask me for the cell phone. Okay, so he's asked me for the cell phone. Okay? Right? The next step 
in between him actually having the cell phone is this, that's where we miss it. That's where we miss it. Okay? So there's a step here in between him asking and receiving. What is the step? Believing that you've received it. Okay? Already. Right. Now that step that's in between the asking and the manifestation is where you're missing it. That's where every single thing that you do not possess, that you are wanting to possess, that's the answer right there, is that you have not received it. You have not believed that you've received it, and so therefore you do not have it. Right? Or you haven't asked. (laughs) There's another scripture that says you have not because you ask not. Right? So, you know, this... Believing you received it, okay? So let's just put it in his hands here for a moment. Um, See, there is a way to receive something without physically having it yet. There is a way to, to receive something without physically having it yet. And the way that we do that is through the power of seeing the unseen. Now, Okay, that's all I was gonna, that's all I need you for. I just, it wasn't that dramatic of a, of a, just. You know, in the way God talks, okay, God talks as though you already have it. So when He says, you know, my ways are not your ways, hi, um, <laughs> He, uh, he means that he talks different than we talk. So in Romans 4.17, all right, this is talking about Abraham. It says, as it is written, I have made you a father of many nations. Now, who's he talking about? He's talking about Abraham, right? In the New Living Translation, it says, that is what the scriptures mean when God told him, I've made you the father of many nations. It says, this happened because... Abraham believed. He believed the God who gives life to the dead and calls into being things that were not. Okay, in the, in the King James Version, it says, he calls things which are not as though they were. All right? So it, that's, that's also very closely related. It's in that same, he's describing this idea that you are talking about things that don't exist as though they already existed. And you are believing that you have something that you don't actually have. So this is describing this kind of indiscrepancy between the physical world and the spiritual world. And there are, the spiritual world governs the natural realm. The spiritual world spawned the natural realm. So that is more real. Okay, it's the, it's the, it's the dominant realm. It's the more real realm. Right? So it is, it is more real. And see, a lot of the things that the Word of God teaches us, that the promises of God, you know, it says in Ephesians chapter one, that we have been blessed in spiritual with every blessing. We've been spirit, we've been blessed with all 
spiritual blessings. Let me just read this to you in Ephesians chapter 1. In Christ. So, I'm going to read it in the... This is the NIV. It says... Praise be to God, verse 3, and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. So, in Christ, all things are, are, are already finished. When it says, by his stripes you are healed, that is real. That is more real than when you have symptoms in your body. Okay? The, the, the spiritual realm is more real. These heavenly places, these spiritual blessings, they are eternal. They are the things that they are not seen, but they are eternal. They're eternal. That's our eternal. They are eternally true. They're not like the seen realm, which the word says is temporal, meaning it's subject to change. This, this, this realm is subject to the other realm. It's subject to change based upon the unseen realm. Am I making sense? So we have been trained by a world system. We have been trained to believe that what we have is what we physically have. And we've been trained that we don't have something until we physically have it. Right? But that is not the way the kingdom works. In the kingdom, it works by faith. It works by based upon what we believe what we believe. And so when we say, we almost need to change our vernacular because we need to go ahead and receive what God has given us already. In Christ, he's given us all things pertaining to life and godliness. In Christ, it already belongs to us. And so the scene realm must conform, and it is already conforming, by the way, to what we believe. And we've been trained that we don't have it. <laughs> we've been trained in lack. We've been trained uh, by a world system that teaches us sickness and, and poverty and lack. And, and we've been trained to believe that this is, this is what we have. Whatever we, whatever we can see is what we have. And so we put more confidence in the physical realm than we do in the spiritual realm. Just by default. Just we've been taught to do that. Right? And that happened really at the fall when, when, when Adam and Eve's eyes were opened and they ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. What happened was, is this, 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 this judgment of, of, of things based upon what they can physically sense. The knowledge of good and evil is just judging what's right, what's wrong, what's true, what's false. It's a judgment capability. That, we, that, that humankind took on that was based upon what they could physically sense. So instead of being led by the spirit, they were led by their physical senses. But we are in the kingdom, and we are called to walk by faith, not sight. We are called to live according to discernment and revelation not information and analytical thinking processes, right? We are taught, we, we, are, we, we can think at a higher level. We can discern, 
Okay, it's not about learn, it's about discern. We just, and revelation is knowing, it's a knowing, it's a light that comes, it's a, it's information that's, that's not coming from our physical senses or our human intellect. And it's not that the physical senses are bad, it's not that the human intellect is wrong, it's just meant to be, uh, used in subjection to spiritual information. Right? Spiritual information. And so it's really this unlearning of how we function and getting to the place where we receive things the way that you receive things. <laughs> and it's not a physical process. It's a spiritual process. So the question is, you know, how do you believe you receive it? Well, it, we've talked about that these, in these weekends. We've talked, these, uh, these Sundays. We talked about the fact that you, be, the way that we believe things is we see things through the, the figment, just through the faculty of our imagination. That our imagination gives us the ability to see the unseen. It's an incredible thing, our imagination. And, and if it's not subdued, <laughs> I tell you, you'll see all kinds of mess. Right? You'll see the enemy's plans. You'll see what the enemy wants you to receive. And you'll see, uh, what fear is, is feeding you rather than what faith is wanting you to receive. And so just, just recognizing that we have a faculty called our imagination that enables us to connect to the unseen realm and see really the impossible. I mean, there's no limitations in our imagination. It's an incredible thing, our imagination. Think about it. I mean, we can, all things are possible in that realm of our imagination. And Jesus said that all things are possible if you can believe. So our imagination is this faculty that connects us to the realm of the unbelievable because we can imagine the unbelievable. We can imagine beyond what our physical senses are speaking to us. Correct? So every single person in here that is believing for something or asking for something in prayer, right, that the, the key here is receiving it and receiving it by seeing it. If you, if you, if you don't see it, you have not received it. If you cannot see it in the unseen, if you cannot look into the, in, 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 you know, into your future and see yourself with it, using your imagination, then you have not received it. And this is another reason why being specific is really important. Because how, you know, how do you know if you've got it if you don't know what it is exactly? You know, if I told you to go into the, you know, the Apple store and get you a computer, you know, you'd need to go in there and you'd have to figure out what kind of computer you wanted. You can't just get it, you know, you can't just be generic. They're not going to just sell you a generic computer. You're going to go pick out a specific computer, and then you're going to receive the computer that you desired. <laughs> and you're going to desire something specific. And you're going to get what you desired. You're going to receive it, right? Because it's specific. You can't just go in there generically. You can't do anything generically. You have to know if I'm going to the grocery store, this is what I'm going to get. 
I'm going to get, you know, this tomato soup and I'm going to get some cheese and I'm going, right? And you go there and you get what you desire, what you need. So they're not generic, but somehow we have this idea in the realm of the spirit that, you know, God knows what we need. It's not about what God, it's not about that. This is about what you're asking. And this is about what you're receiving. So this isn't a generic, and here's the thing, if you do really want to know what God wants, well, good, he can tell you. And he can be specific with you. Because you can't receive what you can't, what you don't know about. You know, my people perish for lack of knowledge. You need knowledge about what it is that you are receiving. Amen? All right. So if the reason why we are still in the position that we're in, how many of you can confirm right now for me that it is true that you have not received what you are lacking? Raise your hand if that's true. Okay. All right. Well, okay. So now we know what to do. Let's receive it. Now, how do we receive it? We see it. Okay. Now, and here's the thing. The scene of it has got to become, it's not, it's got to become something that feels real to you. It, this, it can't just be, I saw it one time and then I forgot about it. And then I went back to the fact that I never, ha- I don't have it. So I'm still asking for it. Right. And let me tell you, this can go on for years. You can literally stand in this place asking for something and never receiving it for years. For years. And it's not God's fault. And it's not God holding you back, holding back, holding something back from you. You've never received it. I mean, God's not saying no. He's like, receive it. Receive it. You know, and I would always think that was so like, um, I don't know, like I, I didn't understand it. Like I remember I'd stand in prayer lines early on and, you know, they'd come and pray for you. And, you know, sometimes they'd say, just receive, just receive. And I mean, I, you, then you don't know what you're doing. Like you're just like, oh, I'm receiving, you know, oh, like you don't even know what you're doing, right? You know what I'm saying? Like just receive. So then you just try to relax. Maybe if I relax, I'm receiving. They didn't say relax. They said receive, you know, but I really, I mean, I didn't know how. You know, I really didn't know how to receive. And it really wasn't until I got a hold of it. And you guys have heard me talk about it this summer. You know, it wasn't until I was ha- ha- experiencing these serial miscarriages. And I went to the Lord and, you know, he was, I, I really just asked him, how is the enemy stealing from me? How is the enemy stealing from me? Because here's the thing. We have an incredible inheritance in Christ. Have we not? I mean, and hopefully most of you have heard the gospel for more than a minute, Right? But I mean, it's got, when we think, you know, if you haven't, the gospel is not about you getting saved from hell. It is not about you going to heaven after you die, although that is absolutely a part of it. Okay, but that is, that should not even be the focus of it. The definition of eternal life is not you going to heaven, living forever with God. That is not the definition of eternal life. Eternal life in John 17 is where Jesus gave us the definition of eternal life. Um, I love John 17. I'm just going to pull it up here. And I think I even, no, I don't have it with me. I'm going to pull it up in the, I've got the Passion Translation. I'm going to see how it reads it too, because it's just so good. All right. 
in John 17, we'll see how it reads in the amplifier. I mean, in the um, okay, this is the Passion Translation. It says, Jesus finished the Father's work. Verse 1, this is what Jesus prayed as he looked to heaven. Father, the time has come. Unveil the glorious splendor of your Son, so that I will magnify your glory. You have already given me authority over all people, so that I may give the gift of eternal life to all those that you've given me. Eternal life means to know and experience you as the only true God. And to know and experience Jesus Christ as the Son whom you have sent. Now, in the Amplified Version, I really like the way it reads. It says this, and this is eternal life. It means to know, then it amplifies it, to perceive, recognize, and become acquainted with and understand you, the only true and real God. And likewise, to know him, Jesus, as the Christ, whom you have sent. So if I was to amplify that know even more in the Greek, it's the Greek word gnosko. And the Greek word gnosko is a knowing that is experiential. So it's in, it, in some places it even talks about it as a Jewish idiom, as in Adam knew Eve. So it's an, it's an intimate knowing. It's an intimate knowledge. It's an intimacy with God. Eternal life is intimacy with God. And it's intimacy of oneness. It's the intimacy of experiencing God. That is etern- Eternal life is experiencing God. Experiencing God's life as one. It's the God's life. It's where we step into God and God steps into us and now we have this eternal life because of our union with God. That's the definition of eternal life. That is the gospel. Okay, so the reason Jesus came was not to save us from hell. We, got, we get saved from hell as a byproduct of our union from God, with God. It's a byproduct of salvation. But it's not the purpose of salvation. The purpose of, of, of Jesus, the, even just self, the reason we even get saved, frankly, salvation is a byproduct. Because we now are one with God. We're now experiencing the eternal life of God. The eternal life is living with him, right? And so what I'm talking about today is this receiving of what actually is ours. You know, the asking and the receiving is really meant to be a way of life. We're really meant to be in a constant flow of seeing the unseen and manifesting heaven on earth. It's really meant to be a way of life. And one of the greatest things, one of the greatest byproducts, well, you know, let me just back up for a second, because experiencing God as eternal life will transform what you believe. And it will transform what you receive. You know, so 
this receiving, I mean, it, it's like, it's almost like receiving should be a, a, a continual posture that we are in. It's a continual, it's, it's a continual prayer without ceasing. It's a continual receiving of what belongs to us. And so these specific things that we're believing for, that we're asking, really it's a better word to say we're asking for, because believing for still feels like we're still trying to do something. Okay? Either you believe it or you don't. Either you have it or you don't. It's, it's not a process. Right? If it's a process, it's just simply the process is seen until you see it. <laughs> it should be a, um, a fairly simple process. So the question is, okay, and I'm going to just back up for a minute because I, 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 I thought of this a moment ago. And I have, you have to kind of visualize this with me, which is a really good way to exercise your imagination. But uh, I'm just going to do it this way. Let's say that there is a line that runs across, right above my head, runs across the room here. Okay? And this is not the way the spirit realm actually works because it's, not, it's multidimensional. It's not up and down. But it's a good, it's a good way to explain it. And the spirit realm is here on top. So let's just pretend that this is the invisible realm up here. And the physical realm, the, the, the physical realm is down here. Now, we know this is not accurate because Christ is in you. Heaven is in you. It's not up. Okay, heaven isn't up there. It's in here. Like, I don't know how to get there, you know, exactly how that works. But it's a mystery. And it's not up and down. <laughs> it's in. It's in and through. And it's dimensional. But... Okay, with, for this example, I do want to kind of throw it out there, though, because let's also pretend that there's time running along this line. So let's say, you know, on this end's the past, and on that end is the future. And there's a timeline on this thing right now that's today. It's just sitting right here. So I'm standing in the present right here, in the natural realm, right? I kind of want to bring this element of time because... Receiving it has to do also with this time, this, this dimension of time. So the reason why we think we don't have it is because today in the present, I don't see it with my physical eyes. So we don't see the manifestation of our healing right this second. Or we don't see the manifestation of our deliverance right this second. Or we don't see the manifestation of the deliverance of our family member or the manifestation of the financial breakthrough that we are in need of, or you just name it. Because, you know, we have a physical reality that is right now that we have needs and we have things that have yet to manifest in our lives. And so we believe that this is what is real. Okay? But it's not what's real. <laughs> I mean, it's real in a sense that it exists, it's, it's, it's real that way, but it's not all of reality. This isn't all of reality. Am I making sense? Because there's an incredible kingdom that's here and here and incredible promises that are yes and amen. There are, there are spiritual realities that are absolutely true for you and I right now. And the way, the way that God talks is he calls these things like they're already finished, because from his perspective, they are finished. 
They are absolutely finished. And let's just use Abraham as an example. When Abraham was called the father of a multitude or the father of a nation, he was standing in a day when he was impotent, when Sarah was barren. Okay, but he was, God was calling him that today. Now let's be clear, God saw Abraham over here with Isaac, right? Saw him with a child. But let's also be clear. He saw the seed Jesus <laughs> on the cross. From God's perspective, the lamb was slain from the foundation of the world. Right? So God sees the future as clearly as the past, and he talks from that perspective. So when he says, you are the father of a nation, Abraham, and Abraham's over here, he's not lying. And he's really not calling things that be not as though they were. He's just declaring the end from the beginning Okay, so a prophecy from God's perspective is always finished. When he tells you to receive something or gives, put something on your heart or you have a desire in your heart, from God's perspective, it's always finished. Okay? Now, we're back over here, over here. See, what you see is what causes it to appear. So when I see the future clearly from right here, that's what draws me into it. This is why he told Abraham, well, Abram, I'm changing your name because you're going to get your mouth talking about yourself the way I talk about you. So I'm going to call you Abraham. And you're going to introduce yourself as Abraham, the father of many. Okay? That's a lot of times why he changes people's names, because he wants them to agree with who they are. I mean, we've had pe- I've had so many people in my ministry have their name changed by God. You know, it's not just a Bible thing. I mean, one of my favorite testimonies, I mean, it's the most incredible testimonies I've ever, ever experienced. And one of these days, I'll do a weekend like I used to do in Chicago. But I would do these weekends, and they were kind of like mini Emerge weekends. This was before Emerge. And I was still kind of testing stuff out, it's, you know, just some of the methodologies and stuff. And so I would bring people up and we would do a transformational thing right there in front of everybody. And so I brought this girl up who, I don't even remember how it all went down exactly, but God started highlighting her name. And her name was Blair. Uh, but then we started breaking down into some of this and think about... How many witch movies have had the name Blair? The Blair Witch Project? The Exorcist? And this, this young woman, she was young. She was 22 or something, 21. This woman, this girl had, had suffered from all kinds of witchcraft stuff in her life, in her lineage, in her family, all this stuff. And so God said, I never named you Blair. That was never my name for you. And he said, I named you, it was love. And he told her, go pick out what you want that has the meaning, love. Pick out the name that you want that has that meaning. 
And so we had somebody in the back print out a bunch of names that had love names. She ended up picking Amara. Changed her name. But that whole, t- it was a be- incredible, incredible what God did that day and how that transformed that young lady's life and how she got totally set free from witchcraft and a whole bunch of stuff. But the point is, is that God is getting us to agree with the future that he wants us to receive. And so, but it's the scene of it. Okay, now th- this is kind of cool. I'm trying to remember how the Lord showed me this one time, but it's almost like the line between the seen realm and the unseen realm, it's just like the door opens. All right? And what is true invades <laughs> and manifests based upon what we see. And I can tell you this is, I mean, this is in my own life, this has been the truth. I mean, this, I could, example after example after example, we need to see what God is showing us. And we have access to that through the, I mean, I'm thinking about just some of the encounters that I've even, the Lord's been drawing me into lately. And let me tell you this, it takes some time. It means you actually have to, you actually have to sit down or stand up or at some point walk, you know, take a walk, whatever, take a hike, whatever, do whatever it is that you need to do, however it is that you commune with God and let him show you something. Let him show you something. Have a conversation about it and actually let him show you something. You know, and then when you see it, you know, seeing it one time is usually not enough to really renew your mind. I mean, there are instances when it's just an incredible encounter and, you know, you're, it's just an instantaneous transformation that happens. But usually you need to meditate on it. You need to go back and you need to, you need to spend time in that place, spend time in that reality because we have an enemy. We have, we have a physical realm. <laughs> we have, uh, we're walking in a, in a, in a, in the darkened world. In the sense that we're sense knowledge. It's a dark, it's a dark knowledge. It's a dark knowledge. And so it is, it's a process to stay in that place and, and really receive that. You know, I know when I, when I received, when I was pregnant, I mean, I had to do this on a daily basis. On a daily basis, just the battle over that was just so intense. And the battle that is over some of these breakthroughs in our lives, I mean, first of all, some of this has been going on for years. For years. For years. And, you know, you're not going to, we're not going to, we're not going to break through to a new level at the same thinking that got us to this level. You know, it's going to take a new, a new level of revelation. It's going to take a new level of understanding. It's going to take new experiences to override what we've been experiencing for years. Right? And so this is a time to draw near and to, to spend the time. And it doesn't have to be, I'm not talking you got to spend five hours a day. I'm not talking about getting religious with this thing. I mean, honestly, this should be fun. This should be fun visualizing in the, in your imagination the, the desires of our hearts. So this should be a simple, simple, you know, I know, you know, when I was single, it was a little more easier in a sense that I could do this in a more scheduled regimen. But you know, I, just five minutes before bed. 
the last five minutes before you you fall asleep. You know, you're sitting there trying to fall asleep anyway. You know, just go into the spirit realm and see it. Right? If, you, if you're having trouble sleeping, see it. Wake up in the morning. Set your alarm five minutes early. Just... Just do something so that you are spending time like God told Abraham to do, looking at the stars. Looking at the things and, and realizing that, that there's, a, there's a new level of thinking that you're getting when you're doing this. This isn't just, this isn't just uh, a good idea. You know, this is, this is, this is, it, this is impregnating your heart. It's impregnating your life with the potential of what is from the Lord. And this works. I mean, this works. I mean, I heard Jim Carrey wrote himself a million-dollar check. You know, long before he was famous. So you just, you just receive things, you know? And the tendency is, is for us to get discouraged because we don't have it. Rather than spending the time that we're wasting being discouraged, receiving it. Isn't that the truth, though? Discouragement is a lie. It's it's a waste of time because it, it, it's again it's a, it's based on a lie. It's based on a lie. First of all, that you don't even have it, and the reason you don't have it is because you just haven't received it. So instead of getting discouraged that you don't have it, why don't you just go ahead and receive it? And how do you receive it? Well, you see it. And how long do you see it? You see it till you have it. And the, you know, and I, I, someone just recently this week, you know, was just, they were asking me, they're standing for a healing miracle. And they said, well, how long is this going to take? And see, that, that, that's a normal perspective that we have. How long is this going to take? Well, that is a sheer, that question is a sheer sign that you don't get, you don't understand how to receive. Because it's a passive, you still think you don't have it. How long do I, the reason you don't even have it is because you haven't received it. And that you've, you've not only not received it, now you're getting discouraged and frustrated. You're wanting to know how long it's going to take before you receive it. Well, I don't know. Why don't you just go ahead and receive it right now? Because you still believe that just because I've received it in my imagination, I don't really have it. Right? And you have to recognize that having it in the imagination, having it in the unseen realm, you actually have it. You're not tricking. You're not playing a trick. Jesus lives in the seen realm. Is he real? The Holy Spirit is invisible. Is he real? The, the, the things that you've received are real. They are real. And the process of receiving them is faith. And you know, just, just go, don't, just go ahead and receive it now. I have it now. I have it now. I have it right now. You know, and then when you've received it, when you know you've really received it, you're, you talk different. You talk different. 
I remember this testimony. This was a Veronica Winston testimony where Bill had gone to um, uh, Tulsa to, to ORU to go to college, and Veronica needed was getting a job. And so she got out a little note card and wrote down all the things that she wanted on this job. And then they agreed, they prayed, and they received it. Received the job. And it had, like, you know, how much money she was going to make, where, you know, how far it was going to be from the house. She wanted some kind of special, an office with the, something, a car. I don't remember what all it was. So they believed, and they said, and she got it. And then they, they, she said, I got it. So some guy came over to their house and said, hey, Veronica, do you have that job? Did you get a job yet? And she said, yes, I sure did. And he said, where's it at? She said, I don't know, but I got it. You know, so it changes the way you talk. And so I, so that's why, you know, I wrote that scripture out on a four by six card. Because this is not something that we norm, this is not a default way of thinking for the majority of the church. And the truth of the matter is until you think like this, you are carnal. You're carnal. You're led by your physical senses. And you believe what is physical more than you believe what is spiritual. Amen? Amen. So this is, and let me just say, this is a, this is a, who I, it's just so good. It's just, I have seen so much breakthrough with this principle. I mean, we have been in so many financial crazy situations in the past and, you know, just so much pressure, pressure. I mean, we've been in places where they're going to lock the door and you're not going to get to have church on Sunday because they're locking the door down, turning off the utilities, you know, just pressure. They're turning it down, you know. And, you know, and there's all, there's, let me just say, when you're under that kind of pressure, or, you know, I mean, it's the same with, you know, physical stuff. I mean, we had... I mean, I, 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 I'm just standing with several people right now, and it's, it's awesome. But, you know, it's like you cannot be moved. You cannot be moved by some stupid test. You can't be moved because of the way it looks. What does the way it looks have anything to do with the cross of Christ? And I get it. I, you know, I'm not the one, you know, doubled over and in pain, or I'm not the one that's... But until we get more convinced, more convinced... I mean, I remember when I got healed of manic depression. There was a reason I was on that therapist's couch. I had issues. Issues. Crazy town, right? And, I mean, I was crazy when I lived in the world. And, uh, you know, I remember when the Lord just gave me one scripture. I've not been, you know, you don't have to give him a spirit of fear, but a power of love and a sound mind. And, I mean, something, I mean, when he spoke it to me, I had this epiphany that there was not anything wrong with my mind. That my mind was fine. Now, granted, I didn't feel fine. There was, nothing changed physically. But I stopped owning it, and I realized it was something outside of me attacking my mind and causing this stuff. Does that make sense? And so then I, so, but it wasn't my identity. I wasn't crazy. I've been saying I was crazy for 20 years. You know, almost like a, a badge of honor or something. You know, and so I just like, no, 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 no. I have a sound mind. So no, I, I began to finally not agree with that. Now, listen, that is exactly true about your finances. 
that is exactly true about your physical health. And but it, although, I mean, I had a diagnose, you know, and there's a diagnosis of mental illness. There was nothing wrong with my mind. Although the doctor would say there was something wrong with my mind. Well, Shalise, what do you mean? There's nothing wrong, there's something wrong. I'm just telling you, the, I haven't been given a spirit of fear. I wasn't given that. I wasn't given that. I wasn't given manic depression by God. I wasn't given that. I wasn't given mental illness. I wasn't given depression. I wasn't given these things. I wasn't given poverty. I wasn't given sickness and disease by God. These are not, I was not given these things. I was given a spirit of power. I was given a spirit of love. And I was given a spirit, a, a sound mind. So those things are true. But it was just something hit me. It was all of a sudden, I just saw a separation. I saw a separation in between that this is a lot. That is not true. And I could all of a sudden begin to resist that, right? And there's so many things like that in our lives that are just spiritual, just straight up spiritual that we, we think are ours. My arthritis. This pain, this stuff, and we just, and I'm not saying that there's not a physical component that goes with that, but the, the reality is that it doesn't matter if there's a physical healing that has to take place or not. Because the truth is, you weren't given diseased organs, you weren't given anything that wasn't, Jesus didn't give you that. So we have to connect in with that, that reality that is ours right now. Right now, we have to see it before we see it, and we have to own it before we own it. Right now. And, you know, we ask the Holy Spirit for help. We ask the Holy Spirit for help because these are Holy Spirit inspired. I mean, He's there to help you believe. He's there to, He is the Spirit that comes after the lies and replaces with, replaces it with truth. Okay, another scripture in John. This was in John 16. In verse 13, it says, However, when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak of himself. But whatever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. And they amplified it says, He will guide you into all truth, the full and complete truth, for he will not speak on his own initiative, but he will speak whatever he hears from the Father, the message regarding the Son, and he will disclose to you what is to come in the future. Or another amplified it says, He will declare to you the things that are come that will happen in the future. So we have a, the spirit of prophecy inside of us. We have the Holy Spirit that will reveal what it looks like to us. What does the future look like? And we know that it's the will of God because it's just experiencing the things that belong to us in Christ. We don't have to be confused about what belongs to us or think, is this the will of God? Well, if it leads to, uh, if it's all anything pertaining to life and godliness, then it's the will of God. And so we just ask Holy Spirit, you know, we just let him lead us and guide us, Right? 
All right. Well, I just am kind of sensing what something the Lord is saying here. So I'm just going to kind of just throw it out there. So I feel like today's July 2nd. So he just, I felt like he just said the next 30 days. So that would be, I guess, the last day through the end of July, right? So Lord, I just, he's just highlighting the next 30 days. And I feel like what he's saying is, um, why not believe God for a miracle every single day? Why not, why not believe for a miracle every single day? Why not expect a miracle every single day? And he's reminding me of this word he had me type up. Um, it was a prophetic word that's, it's an old prophetic word. It's not a current prophetic word necessarily. Um, but I felt like he was telling me when I typed it up to, to take it as a current word. Uh, let me just find it. All right. And he told me when I wrote it down to write it the way I wrote it. So, um, And I wrote this, just I'm going to read this. I heard, become what you believe. Beginning in the summer of 2017, I will do for you what you've tried to do for yourself but could not do. I will cause to come to pass those things which you've strived for and tried to accomplish in your own strength and in your own mind but could just not make them happen. I will bring them to pass for you. Extraordinary things will become the norm in your life. Things that never happen to most people in a lifetime will happen to you in one year's time. It's time to expect the ordinary. Now I'm going to just read this. Um, Get your expectations up as high as you can possibly get them. God wants to do things that are so extraordinary that some people are not going to be able to believe it. But if you will stand in faith for it and take his prophecies seriously, expecting them to come to pass, then the extraordinary will become the norm in your life. And um, then he highlighted this um, scripture that I've been teaching on this summer, and it said this, but it's in the message translation. It said, Jesus said to them, do you really believe that I can do this? And they said, why, yes, master. He touched their eyes and said, become what you believe. And this was just a little bit of it. It said, my friends, I am today what I believed about myself yesterday. And I'm going to be tomorrow what I believe about myself today. I'm going to read that again. My friends, I am today what I believed about myself yesterday. And I'm going to be tomorrow what I believe about myself today. Everything I'm doing right now, everything I possess, everything is a result of what I believed. Choose to believe what you see in the word of God. And believe that you will be tomorrow who God says that you are. Right? So, um... I'm just kind of felt like I was supposed to read that. What else, Lord? Just, 
I feel like that the enemy has come after expectations. And he's gotten us to expect the worst instead of expecting the best. Or expect more of the same. Um, or expect nothing to change. You know, just kind of stoke just this expectation thing. But God's just like, it's time to expect more. Expect the best. Expect miracles. Expect breakthrough. Expect promotion. Expect, uh, expect it. Expect it. Expect favor. Expect open doors. Expect, uh, joy. Expect, expect heaven. <laughs> Expect heaven. Expect divine connections. Expect uh, divine appointments and divinely orchestrated circumstances. Just expect that you're in a season of supernatural breakthrough and expect the miraculous. Whew, thank you, Lord. And uh, I also feel like he's, he's, you know, ask the Holy Spirit to help you so that when you fall back into this, these wrong expectations, because, you know, what we expect is important. What we expect is what we're going to get. Believe so good. Become what you believe. Ooh, thank you, Lord. So I just want you to let the Lord speak over you some words right now. Like, you know, I'm just hearing the word millionaire. I'm hearing the word, you know, uh, miracle worker, right? Just the, 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 they're words that describe who you are in heaven. You know, director, producer, uh, wealthy, just words that describe who you are. It's the same thing as he told father, you know, you'll be the father of many nations. It's, there are words that describe you in heaven. Business owner, entrepreneur, you know, just words that describe you. And they're just as real as when he spoke over the, to, and you know what? Abraham had to believe. Abraham had to believe and he believed, he became what he believed. So you don't believe these words based upon your own merits. Like somehow your self-esteem is coming from your ability to become these things. Like that is so pride, self-centered. That's, that's so religiously self-righteous. This is about what God's going to do. This is about what God wants to do. This, this is when it, this, Abraham grew strong in faith, giving glory to God, becoming fully persuaded that he was able to do that which he promised. I love there's a... a, a a version, the message that said he, he made Abraham somebody when he was a nobody. He just asked him to believe that he was going to make him a father of many nations. So these words are about what God's going to do in your life. This is a, about you believing that God's able to do it. Thank you, Lord. And so in the next 30 days, it's about just believing. That's what I hear. Just, this is believing. These are, this is 30 days of believing. Actually being a believer. What a concept. Being a believer. Thank you, Lord. And just following the leader. Following the leader. Step by step. All right.
Well, Father, I thank you that you're not asking us to do the impossible. I thank you, Lord, that you're, you're asking us to believe that you are the God of the impossible. <laughs> and I thank you, Lord, that you're just, even tonight, just encouraging us and, 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 and telling us to believe for more, to put you in a big, you're a big God. You're a big, you're, you have big plans. You're, you're, you're able to do exceedingly abundantly above everything we could ask or think. And you do it according to that power that works in us. So Lord, we thank you for the grace that's at work in us right now, causing us to believe, causing us to, to see things, see the future, causing us, Lord, to, uh, come into agreement with who you are and what you've got planned. And we receive these prophecies, Lord. We just declare, yeah, we agree and declare that the next 30 days are miraculous days. And we thank you that we are experiencing heaven on earth. We're experiencing breakthroughs and miracles of all kind. Who we just come into agreement with that now, Lord. And we just receive it in Jesus' name. We see it, Lord. We just see all kinds of things happening in our lives. Thank you, Lord. And I thank you, Lord, that we're just we're just spending time. Spending time with you, spending time receiving, spending time seeing. We just just thank you, Lord. We're you're making our schedules, you're clearing our schedules for that. You're helping us helping us spend the time that we need to to get filled and stay in that place of being awake and seeing your kingdom. Thank you for the increase. Thank you for the increase, Lord. And we just receive everything that you've spoken tonight, and we just receive it in, in ways, Father, that transform us. And we receive the things that we pray for. In Jesus' name, Lord, we receive these things. We thank you for them. Matter of fact, that's one of the ways we know that we've received them, when we just become thankful for them. Amen. 